Welcome back to The Current. I am sitting here the day after Christmas with Betsy Granville, who has been on this podcast before. I published our episode together May of this year, so you can go back and listen to that episode. But just by way of introduction, I'd like to share that Betsy is an intuitive healer that I've been working with over the past couple years. Um, But more than anything, I love speaking with Betsy. I'm always infused with a sense of hope and optimism after our conversations. And I figured after a year like 2023, it would be really wonderful to just share a conversation between two humans that are fumbling their way through their own human experience, but also um, someone who is continuously on their spiritual path as it takes its twists and turns and to offer a conversation of of hope um, as we reflect on this year and turn our attention to 2024. So Betsy, thank you so much for being here today. Thank you so much for having me. It's a joy. Yay. Uh, For those who haven't listened to your episode, maybe just quickly, if you want to share, I know it's really hard to summarize, but the work that you do, how would you describe the work that you do right now? I think uh, spiritual counselor, intuitive uh, insight, a bridge essentially between the world of the physical and the non-physical, that which we can see and the unseen. Um, And really the intention behind the work is to bring through whatever is most helpful and healing for those of us here in the physical um, from our teams in the light, our sources of hope and upliftment and guidance. Beautiful. And in most of our sessions, I felt like it's five therapy sessions in one because it is so healing and uplifting these messages from beyond uh, our five senses. And when our 3D reality can feel really challenging, I know a lot of people listening will just have gotten through a season of, of spending time with family and those times can feel really amazing. And also sometimes our familial relationships are the most challenging that we have in our 3D reality. Um, And the news cycle this year has been particularly challenging also. There's just so much in our 3D plane that when we look around, it's hard to find hope. And so having you here today, I think represents being able to find that hope elsewhere. So maybe a, a starting question is, when someone feels really downtrodden or or weary, how can they connect with the the forces that are unseen in our world to find hope within? I think the starting point uh, for that is really to go to get quiet. We have to get out of our habitual monkey minds, the chattering uh, voice in our head, because the answers aren't found there. Those are the the answers that will just keep us running on the hamster wheel, like chasing our tails. And that might work to a, to a certain extent or up to a certain point. But after that, um, usually when we're suffering, we're really weary or downtrodden, then we need something more. And um, sometimes that means we're, you know, like looking outside of us and certainly gathering resources and support outside of us can be a really important element, but ultimately those resources and support are most helpful when they're driving us back in towards ourselves to a deeper level within. And we're finding those answers there. Um, the mind often wants a quick fix or like somebody tell me what to do, or just get me out of the situation help me with my ex, help me decide about this move. You know, maybe if I just know my loved one and spirit's real, then like, that'll be the answer. Like all it's where we go. That's usually our first line of defense. Um, but it just, that's the ego. It's the small sense of self keeping us small because it keeps us plugged into outside conditions and situations and answers, um, which again are a temporary band-aid. But when we're at the point where we're really ready to dig deeper and to find those answers beyond just the immediate uh, band-aid approach, then we have the opportunity to make real change in our lives and just to discover that we are so powerful and we are those create the creators of our lives. Yeah. That's so beautiful. I'd like to make it 
tangible for folks, because sometimes this is just an energetic sense um, of knowing, wow, this is a message or a feeling that I'm receiving that's not necessarily from me or my mind or my ego, but it's from you know, a, a source beyond that feels much more loving and, and present and wise. But a question I receive a lot is how do I know it's not just my mind and it's actually something greater than myself? It's a good question. Um, and I'm not, again, I'm not sure it's like a one, easy one shot answer, but it does involve um, beginning to distinguish or discern for ourselves, you know, what's that that voice in the head and what's not the voice in the head. So that means getting grounded, beginning to, most of us don't live our lives really grounded in our bodies, actually. We are in our heads 99% of the time. And that voice of the head in the head is the egoic voice, the egoic consciousness. So we get trapped there. So actually getting in the body can be a really important way to begin to access a deeper voice or an, a, an intuition beyond the voice in the head. So uh, that's one way is, you know, and I don't mean just like checking off the box with my 30 minutes on the treadmill. I mean, being present to, to what it's like to inhabit the body. What is, what is, what do my clothes feel like on my body? What's the temperature of the room? What does the couch feel like under my seat? You know, what do my feet feel like walking on the ground? Um, nature is another way that we can begin to distinguish that for ourselves because we're in nature, when we're in nature, you know, the expression, like, I'm just going to get out and clear my mind to clear my head is very apt because it's much easier in the natural world to step outside of egoic consciousness and ground ourselves in um, that peaceful nature. And I'm using nature both ways um, of the trees and the plants and the, the woods and the forest, but also, you know, our basic essence, our basic nature. So to ground ourselves in that. So essentially um, to answer your question, I would say, to get outside of the mind, we have to, to, to learn, to, to discern what's, what's the mind and what's not the mind. We have to begin to have experiences which are outside of the thinking mind, habitual mind. So grounding in the body, being in nature, are both ways of doing that. Of course, meditation is a third way of doing that. There are lots of ways to meditate. Um, any, some people, uh, it's, it's driving actually zoning out and drive doing your driving can begin to be a way where you experience a deeper brainwave state and you're kind of on automatic. So you don't have to give as much attention to the thinking mind. Say you're just on a long highway for a while. You might have that experience being in water can elicit that experience, mm -hmm. whether it's the ocean or the, even the shower, or the bathtub. Um, so, and that is really the goal of meditation is to begin to get to know or acquaint ourselves with this space outside of the thinking mind. Um, and when we have those intuitive hits, when we begin to open up to our subtle senses with which we're all equipped because we're all spirits in a physical body, um, we begin, they, they aren't as obvious or overt as our thinking, as our experiences in the physical world. So they're easy to, to miss or to dismiss. So we have to begin to, it really helps to, I would say, um, talk to other people, immerse ourselves in this world, listen to podcasts, read the books, talk to people who are on this same journey, because they can affirm or validate for us those experiences. And so it's like, well, I don't know, I just had this feeling and someone can say like, trust the feeling, you know, or, you know, I would say another way is to write it down, begin to even simple notes on your phone, begin to log those experiences because it's easy to dismiss them if they're one-offs, but you accumulate enough one-offs in a month or a year and you can see them on your phone or your journal and you're like, whoa, something's happening here. And then, you know, it's, it's a muscle, it's a spiritual muscle, this intuitive muscle that you begin to, to, to learn to trust. So beginning to notice the places where you experience that, those intuitive hits, oh, it seems to happen when I'm in the shower or when I'm driving, um, consciously putting yourselves in the situation, put yourself in the situation where you experience those and then keep logging them or keeping track of them are the three steps I would, um, outline here that can be helpful. Beautiful. And I think in the example of somebody coming to you or themselves getting very stuck on their ex, just as one kind of base level example, what is an example of a thought or a message that might come through that, that is, uh, more wise, more deep, more loving than just getting stuck on an ex? Like, does that, does that question make sense? 
It does. I know what you're saying. Um, and it's funny because stuckness is really the theme when I was kind of meditating on it before we talked that was coming up when I looked at, okay, what are the themes I'm seeing people where people are coming? Stuckness was a huge one. Um, and even that example has come up in multiple ways. Um, so I would say, let me just think for a moment how to answer this. Um, so in that example, um, and I can think of a few like that recently, it's so individual that it's hard to give a general pat answer, but I would say that um, some ways that I've seen spirit work with people on that are um, number one, to look at what's keeping that person in that relationship with that ex. So in one example, I'm thinking of, for example, the ex had already like had broken up with this client with this woman and she was like waiting hoping wanting for for that relationship to uh repair itself to come back and so we looked at why what what's keeping her wanting there and when we drilled down it became clear that what uh she was wanting the the person rather that she was wanting that she imagined as her ex was actually not her ex as he's he was been showing up it was like the fantasy of her ex you know it was him at his best it was at the beginning of the relationship but what he'd actually been showing to her the reality of who he was showing up as within this relationship in you know in the last few months was very different from that original relationship dynamic and uh she was stuck on wanting him to appear really as a different person than, than he's been. So who she wanted was not her ex. That mm. was the realization. It was her fantasy of her ex, her idealization of her ex. And so I remember the guides bringing it back to what was most self-loving for her, you know, asking her to really look at even if that imaginary ex showed up tomorrow at her door you know as she exactly how she wanted him to be was that going to uh be the answer that she needed was that going to provide her the peace that she was looking for and of course while there are aspects of that that would have been nice um she realized for herself that he couldn't give that to her of mm. course that nobody could, that she, it was been a, you know, a long journey and an opportunity. He was, he's gifting her an opportunity and leaving for her to really look at how to find that for herself instead yeah. of in the fantasy of him. And I'm getting goosebumps as you're talking, because I know so many listening right now can relate to this feeling of once I get this thing, once I'm in the relationship, once I achieve X, whatever success, that's when I will feel this inner peace. That's when I will feel that I am lovable. Yes. Plugging into these external conditions for our sense of love and safety. It is the proverbial dog chasing its tail, you know, and we all do it and you can plug in anything for X, you know, it could be house, job, location, kids, relationship, kids you got it. Um, it, it. It's just, and all of those are projections, you know, which ultimately take us back to our sense of like a separate small me looking to get our needs filled in what we perceive as the world outside of us. And that is like, I'm just getting this image of us like crawling, scaling up the mountain, you know, using all this effort, like, <gasps> if I can just get there, I see it. I see the top of that mountain, you know, and we exhaust ourselves in that pursuit when really, you know, all of the peace and love and safety that we're looking for are right here in this moment, every single time. And it's not a matter of, you know, in the future, like we, we project into the future, we anticipate into the future, we cling to the past, we dig in the present and for, for what we're looking for. And all of that keeps us in, well, I just heard the word samsara, um, even though I'm not, I don't usually use religious terms, they keep us in this cycle of suffering. And um, it's this concept that 
peace is outside of me or happiness or success or fulfillment come from outside of me that keep us stuck in that cycle. It's interesting that we're recording this on the day after Christmas, because this is kind of like the balloon popping on the other end of this holiday experience. And Christmas as a holiday has been so commercialized to be about gift giving. And once I receive X gift, then I'll be happy. And it's interesting, this energy, the day after Christmas, you're looking at the wrapping paper strewn around the living room and, you know, was anything as good as you thought it was going to be in terms of the, the, the items. Right. I mean, our entire culture is reinforcing this, um, concept that you just articulated that, um, you know, will we, uh, <laughs> we unwrap the gift, you know, the gift comes to us from elsewhere. And, you know, that unwrapping of the gift is really us peeling off the layers from a spiritual perspective of that, which, um, keeps us in that cycle of suffering that the, the projections of the mind, uh, through time that, um, and this 3d reality that really, uh, keep us with an insatiable appetite for gift after gift after gift and the shiny wrapping paper and the ribbons and the bows, like all of which are of course symbolic or metaphors for um, what we see as outside of us rather than the gift within, which is like the still small voice, the shining light, the, um, the light within the peace within, which you know, even for spiritual seekers, we tend to think, oh, like the goal is to be enlightened. <laughs> so we use the same, very same model and we apply it to this um, sense to spirituality when enlightenment is not out there. It's not in the future. It's not somewhere else. It's right here. It's right now. And we are resisting that enlightenment, that eternal peace and well-being that is always shining forth from and within and around us when we're trying to control or change or fix the moment or we're stuck on the future anticipating it or clinging to the past but it's this resistance to what is that keeps us feeling stuck. In reality, there's never a stuckness. We're always evolving and changing and moving. But that, um, so the anecdote then is to is the letting go of the resistance. It's allowing what is, it's surrendering to what is moment after moment after moment. So in each new moment, that desire, that thought, that um, emotion comes up, and we're invited to be with it because when we bring our being to it, our light of awareness to it, it dissolves. It returns to, to its essence, to source, to basic energy, basic consciousness. But when we label it, when we judge it, when we try to manipulate it or control it, then we're back in the game or back with our hands like around clenching to what's happening and trying to to control it essentially mm -hmm. that keeps us uh feeling stuck it's like why isn't this working you know with our fists clenched so tightly around it <laughs> <laughs> i love that <laughs> and I know you were talking about the, the theme sort of that you've started to meditate on of what 2023 has been. And I thought that could be an amazing avenue of exploration today with you. But you're saying stuckness. Talk to me. Talk to me about the stuckness that you've noticed with people. Um, well, it's, you know, what we were talking about from the beginning a bit with, you know, people looking for answers outside of them and just getting to this, this place of stuckness, the feeling of stuckness, and they think they are stuck, but you know, this, the stuckness is, is an idea. Stuckness is an idea and it's a program. And, um, I think getting unstuck in whether it's, you're feeling stuck in your job, your geography, your relationship, um, it, it, it requires peeling off the layers. And by that, I mean, looking at the meaning that we've assigned to the experiences in our life, how we're holding them for ourselves and um, really putting those under the microscope of awareness. So in, 
if usually we go through life, just the stuckness is the feeling of comes from feeling really closely identified with those experiences. So it's like, if you put your hand to your face and it's touching your nose, you know, it's very hard to, uh, you're very identified with your hand. It's hard to even see your fingers, literally, if you hold your palm up to your nose. Whereas the image spirit's showing me now is, you know, when we extend our arm when we put it put it for, further out and our hand is now an arm's length away from our face we have some space some distance between our eyes and that hand we're holding things at an arm's length you know our arm is still attached to us so it's like fear not you can still hold on to it that 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 gripe that fear that resentment that bitterness that guilt you know but at least now you can look at it and uh, you know, I'll, I'll say to see people sometimes like, don't worry, you can pick it back up. If you want to, again, you can bring it in close, but just for a moment, let's hold it here and see what we notice, what we observe about it. And so, um, I had a woman last week who felt really stuck in her, she had been traveling the world for many years and she's ended up back living at her parents, you know, and, uh, you know, she said, I feel so stuck. I feel like I, um, I, I don't, I don't like this town. I don't like the state. I don't like my job. I don't like my living with my parents, you know, and that's a very relatable state. Even if we don't identify with those particulars, right. It's like that feeling of like, I'm not where I want to be. This doesn't feel like it resonates. And I hear that a lot from people with jobs too lately. Like I'm done with this, you know, what I've been doing for 30 years, but, um, I'm scared to leave or I don't know what to do next. And spirit is, um, and so let's, let's go back to this example of the woman um, feeling really stuck and living with her parents. So um, spirit showed all these bouncing balls, all these bouncy balls around her. And they showed this ball um, kind of going out of her reach. And when I first tuned in and looked at her in the situation, I just saw, saw this ball moving away from her and her kind of scrambling to try to get to the ball and pull it back and get control of the ball. And then I saw these ball bouncing balls all around her up and down and um of course, she said, you know, that's funny because I just, you know, had this whole image of bouncing balls come to me in meditation this morning, you know, so spirit just validating that they see us um, and, and meeting us where we are. But um, the, the spirit talked about that, you know, things go up and things go down. Like these are the cycles of life. This is the nature of life. And instead of trying to control the balls, you know, can we find, could, can she, could, how could she find the flow in the chaos? And they really challenged her to see that there is flow in chaos and energy and chaos and momentum in chaos. So we looked at and unpacked the layers of meaning she had assigned to, you know, what living with her parents meant, what going back to her job that she'd had for a long time now as a consultant meant, what um, the being back in that town meant, all of that felt like going backwards to her. So they helped to recontextualize that for her to, to not telling her how to see it differently, but leading her for her in her own way to open up, to see that from a different space, to see that. In fact, that job was affording her the opportunity to uh, develop this new business that she wanted to develop on the side at the same time, that it didn't have to be an all or nothing situation, you know, that um, her, they had her walk, walk through, through this beautiful meditation, opening up and expanding and um, in within and sharing her, basically expanding her light within the whole area and even the town and the state where she lived. And she, we were able to identify that the root of the pain for her, the suffering was really coming from a sense of not belonging and that going back to that place where she'd spent so many years feeling like she didn't belong really just ignited, triggered that pain again. And so, um, seeing, you know, herself and all the ways in which she does belong and, and who does she belong to and how does she belong and seeing that differently for herself allowed her to feel empowered and expansive within that place. And to see that, you know, that being in that place was also giving her some time to, because where she was going to come out um, after a few months uh, in terms of her vision for herself moving forward with her business and even her geography where she was going to move next was going to be very different, but she needed to make some 
internal shifts that were going to happen there in the meantime. So being there actually was this beautiful, is a, is a, it's a beautiful town that was supporting her in allowing her the space to make those shifts so that she could be in an even more expansive place coming out the other side. And, she, and by the end of it, she's, she's saying, you're right. You know, I, I don't even want to go to, I'm going to make up just in terms of anonymity, the place I don't even want to go to Mexico anymore. Like I, and you know, it's New Zealand's calling my name. You know, she was already starting to shift her energy and coming out in a different place. I have full so, body goosebumps. Yeah. Finish, finish that thought, Betsy. That's all. That's really all. It's just <laughs> it's beautiful to watch her, you know, do that work, her higher self, her human self, her team in the light, all supporting her in understanding this experience differently for herself and therefore creating a different experience for herself moving forward. So nothing changed by the end of our conversation. Of course, she was still living with her parents. She was still in the town and she still had, was doing this job now consulting that she'd done before, but boy, she was experiencing it in a whole different way. And in so doing, she was then beginning to shift and, and open up possibilities for herself moving forward that might not have been there if she just stayed in this stuck consciousness. Hmm. Stuckness and consciousness. The state of consciousness, right? And it correlates to our emotions because when she, she was feeling low and despairing, there was very little energy for her to move her vision forward or expand her consciousness. But as we begin to open the perspective and we went into her heart and uh, made some of these shifts, then she was working her way very quickly up the emotional scale and accessing mu much more empowering emotions, which were then the fuel for those next moves in her life. And, and by the way, um, something that I thought was helpful and that I, I, I remember from that was that her guides noted the point at which she had what they called the tipping point, And that was the emotion of courage right smack dab in the middle of the emotional scale. And that's been something that's been coming up in reading sessions lately is really helping people to see um, that it's courage that when we reach that point where we're right on the edge of courage, if we can, you know, begin to move ourselves over that hump, we have access to such higher, faster, lighter vibrations of energy, which feel, which are emotions and thoughts. So it helps to launch us forward um, from there. When you say courage, can you explain that a bit more? Yeah, ask about that. So the guides are talking about courage as um, they're showing me a little kid, like learning to ride a bike. And, you know, <laughs> we don't get on the bike and learn to ride. We get on the bike, we fall off the bike, we skin our knee, we bruise our elbow, we get back on the bike, we fall off the bike again. We have a parent who helps us or a loved one or a parent figure who supports us as we ride the bike, we wobble. And eventually we find that strength and that steadiness and that flow and that the, all of which lend themselves to forward momentum on the bike. And so they're just saying courage is the point at which they said we, we, we start to let go of some of the negative thinking, some of the fear essentially, uh, which is, you know, you think about fear as just projected images, you know, of scenarios that we don't want to happen and pain points. And so when we begin to have enough energy that overrides the fear, now we're beginning to move into the space of courage. And it's that hope and that vision that begins to pull us forward over that hump. Um, and they're saying we can call that courage. Beautiful. I love that analogy that your guides gave you because it's not expecting to be amazing at riding a bike immediately. It's actually, can you enjoy the process of skinning your knee, of falling off, of like nothing's wrong here. This is actually exactly where you're supposed to be. And that is exactly what the guides have been saying lately when people with all the stuckness is like, there's nothing actually wrong here. <laughs> there's just, you know, our fear, there's our sense of scarcity, there's our, there are limiting beliefs about ourselves in the world. So all of these challenges are inviting us to look at those pieces. What have we believed about ourselves in the world heretofore, which is keeping us tethered to a certain set point, keeping us only going so far for ourselves and for, for our lives and therefore the people around us. So it's messy. 
It hurts. It's full of challenges. There are lots of wobbles and support is important. Finding our strength is important. You know, when this, when the, the skies get darkest, you know, that's here comes, get ready for the light they're saying. And that light is not just sunnier skies of experience ahead. It's that strength and that courage and that beauty, that magnificence within, and really finding that and seeing that for ourselves. But if there's no contrast, if we don't have the challenges, then, uh, we, we don't recognize that for ourselves. And we say, stay stuck in a limited human perspective and mentality. The shift that we're talking about here and seeing those challenges as gifts back to the gifts, um, comes from the soul perspective. It comes from shifting gears into a larger understanding and perspective. Um, it is very, this is a very compelling physical world and it's easy to get lost in it you know, just identifying with this world and feeling like this is who I am. This is my job. This is my title. This is my relationship. This is where I live. This is in and defining ourselves in those terms. And so looking for those things to, again, make, dig us out of the hole that we feel ourselves to be in. So it requires like, instead of looking for the outside world to change first, it requires us to shift our perspective first and, uh, find that light within in order to bring it to those experiences, which is really hard when we're feeling low. Yes. Yes. And when it really helps to have some support and some other people singing this song around us. (laughs) Yes. And that's why I wanted this podcast episode because I want to be putting this hope um, and instilling this hope into the ethers. But in the example, I resonate so much with this woman living with her parents in the, in a hometown where she didn't feel accepted. And it's so hard when there's so much stuckness or gunkiness that wasn't fully processed to be able to spiral in and out of it. And this woman, you know, she felt like she was going backwards, which I think many listening can relate to. But as you were speaking, I I saw this, like, it's actually a spiral staircase where it's like, if you're looking at it top down, it seems like you're just going around and around and around. But actually, when you look at it from the side, you're moving all the way up. So even if you feel like you're going backwards, it's the universe or, you know, whatever we want to say, spirit allowing us to revisit those old haunts and really shed a layer and come out the other side a bit lighter to be able to travel higher and higher. Yes. A beautiful image. And actually shedding was the other term that spirit had given me like yesterday gearing up for this was um, talking about just, you know, shedding those old skins and the, uh, you know, we feel really naked for a minute, really vulnerable when we've lost a skin or, or before it sheds, it's like, Ooh, this doesn't look good. In this analogy, it's like, it's frayed, some skins on some skins off. It's like, it all of this is hard because it takes us to our most vulnerable places and where we feel most naked in the world. And um, those are actually the places where we're on the verge of tremendous growth, you know, growing that new skin, defining that and finding that for ourselves. It's um, something that we're all involved in. It's just, it doesn't, we don't see it, you know, but, and we're doing it at different paces and in different ways, but that is not a problem. It's, it's what we're here to do. It's not a problem. Yeah. Problem is a concept of the mind, right? That's the mind coming in going like, well, I'll define this as a problem. Then I'll try to fix the problem. (laughs) And it's created the problem in the first place. So to expect the mind, which created the sense of problem to fix the problem is not really getting us anywhere. It doesn't have the tools. So if we're not fixing the problem from a spiritual sense, like what, what is a different way of looking at what's happening to us? Well, um, we can use all of those painful shedding moments to, uh, really, um, see that we're, you know, birthing a new skin. And so what is practically, what does that look like or feel like, how can we best utilize those moments? And, I would, the invitation I would share that keeps coming through is to 
be with them, as we were talking about earlier, to be present to those emotions more than anything, because the emotions are reflective of the thoughts and the thoughts are reflective of the beliefs and the beliefs are reflective of, you know, what the conditioning we've picked up along the way in life. So the more that we can, um, see it, hold it at an arm's length, see it for what it is, and then bring our presence to it and acknowledge it and validate it instead of trying to change or fix it or make it go away. Excuse me, some release work happening here just as I'm talking about (laughs) this. That often makes me burp. Um, I register at a physical level. So that starts to happen. That is us like delayering all of the the, the extra skins that we've picked up along the way that we've used to try to keep ourselves safe um, in the world because the, we have uh, the, the, the ego's basic understanding is that like, it's a Newtonian concept that we're, we're the small self, that the world's outside of us and that it's bigger than us. So of course, we're going to look for however we can find safety in the world. And that's how we develop our patterns and our programs. But when we begin to realize um, that even resentment is a program, that guilt is a program, that fear is a program, then we're really starting to, I'm just seeing the image of like a crowbar, like prying open, you know, taking off a layer, we're getting under that instead of just identifying with those emotions. Because what's under all of that is the, the shining light of our presence that is eternal peace and joy and love. And so we're constantly scrambling up the mountain going like, no, no, I can't, I don't have time for that now. I've got to get to the top of the mountain. Like I've got to, I got to do this. I've got to, I got to look for it outside myself, but the whole time we're carrying it with us up the mountain. So while we're struggling and going through these obstacles, it's like, it's already here within And this is the source of us. It's what's breathing us. It's what's um, giving us life. It's our basic essence. And that is the I am presence within. Mm. I am presence within. In that example, actually, with the woman in the bouncing balls, I remember now that they um, did a pretty deep meditation and her guides and brought her to that sense of... um, like shedding the layers and coming back to this sense of like, I am, I, I'm here now. I'm here. I am just pairing it back and back and back till we get to the only thing that's real and true in this moment, beyond the programs, beyond the conditioned thoughts and feelings, because that's our presence and our peace. I actually, after that reading, I went to the paint store and on my way, (laughs) license plate in front of me, the car that jumped in front of me said peaceful without some of the vowels. And um, then when I was at the paint store, the man in front of me ahead um, was ordering paint and the man working at the paint store said, what is the name of your business so that I can give you the contractor's discount? And the man said, the peace within. Wow. So that's just a teeny example of how we're always being supported in this work. And, you know, nothing's wasted. We're always gathering data and information through all the experiences of our, our lives, the ups, the ball goes up, the ball goes down, the downs. It, but what I see is that through the stuckness, actually, more and more people are, uh, beginning to devote more energy to a more concentrated or serious spiritual perspective and path. And when we do that, not only does that flex that muscle and it gets stronger, but we get, it gains momentum. And we also get tremendous support from the unseen world. And that's an example of that, right? Like all of that just orchestration of things, or now we're on a wavelength where these things just start happening to us. Serendipity is the the word of the day, the order of the day. And that's the, the unseen world reminding us like with a wink, wink, that while our experiences here are very real on, on one level. There's also a larger truth at play and a context in which we can hold those experiences in which they're not quite as devastating or tragic or despairing or making us feel as hopeless, you know, that we can hold these in a larger way. They're reminding us like you're supported, you're seen, and 
in a lot of ways, I don't want to dismiss people's experiences, but this is not as as serious as we make it out to be all the time. Mm. We so wrapped around the axle. Right. Yes. My father-in-law this year was getting quite sentimental before we were about to get married, my husband and I. And he told us, he's like, I know it's cheesy, but the times in my life when I struggled the hardest are the ones that I feel most nostalgic for. Mm -hmm. Wow. Beautiful. And that perspective has really stuck with me because I have no idea what the challenges I'll face as a married person and beyond. And, and there's just, I have no idea. I'm on the edge. I feel like of a cliff almost. I'm about to start like diving over. Um, but it's just really cool to think of the challenges as the times in your life that you'll really remember and really feel like you want to put yourself back into it too. Yes. And we're going through those challenges, you know, because they're, they're the growth, the big growth points, the big growth opportunities. And I'm sure that's why he's saying that. And he could see how he got, found the courage and got over the hump and a new Vista, a new horizon opened up for him. The strength he hadn't known he had before with which to traverse the path ahead. Um, But those painful emotions are what make it, those challenges feel so difficult. And I think it's helpful to remember that those are, when it, when it hurts, it's an indicator. It's like the indicator light, the red light flashing in your car. It's like, we've gotten off track or, you know, we are, um, we've got, we're out of alignment with our greater truth. So however I'm holding and seeing the situation, if it's causing me bitterness, frustration, anger, sadness, guilt, you name it, any negative feeling emotion, then I know that it's, it's that there's another way to see this or hold this for myself that is as true, if not truer, Mm. because we are built with an internal GPS system. And when we're believing a thought that is further afield from truth, from our alignment, from our center, it hurts. And we register that as suffering. When we come back to the center, you know, we come back to that higher, wider perspective on our situation. Again, the situation may not have changed, but we're able to hold it for ourselves differently. There's relief in that. And there's peace in that. And now we know we're we're a lot closer to truth than we were a minute ago. So I would invite listeners to really question what we're thinking or believing when it, it hurts. And again, back to that body-based presence to know what it is that you really are feeling, not just a twinge of discomfort, but really getting into like, what is the emotion here? And and how is that? I love that you're talking about this as a check engine light and the spe- the specificity of the emotion drawing you further into where it pulled you away, what you need to check underneath the hood. Right. Check underneath the hood. Exactly. Awesome. So stuckness, the energy of stuckness was a theme of 2023. Was there anything else that felt like threads or themes that wove in and out of your work? I'm sure there were so many countless, but anything that bubbles up to the surface. Um, Spirit showed me an image this morning of uh, like a jar with chain in it and rattling the chain, you know, shaking the jar. And it's referring to a lot of what we've talked about, but it's just, um, looking at what they're just saying now, looking at what rattles us, you know, looking at where we're going, getting thrown off course, looking at where we're tightening, where we're tightening our hands on the wheel and beginning to, uh, bring our presence to those experiences, to those moments, to those triggers and to unravel some of those traumas. We don't always have to go back to the specificity, specificity, specificities of those traumas, um, to unravel them. Sometimes, you know, our, our awareness will take us back there and that's helpful. But if we just use what's being presented in the moment as the fodder for that work, then, um, we can do, do exactly what we need to do with it right here and now. So, um, that's the rattling the chains. Let's see what else are they showing? They're showing um, more and more people uh, really look looking for something be- beyond the physical, beginning to reach into the ethers, into the non-physical, beyond the seen and known in that way. 
um, to begin to, they just give me like a dizzying sense. It's like to, uh, shaking up our world, seeing things differently, um, because we get in these fixed perspectives of how we see this, this is the world as I know it. And they're saying, is it, <laughs> is it really? Because it's, there's, it's not, it's not all that's here. And, you know, when we're looking at changing directions in our lives or reaching for more, um, they're just showing me the image of a canoe, someone, in a canoe and beginning to, you know, realize that we're not always in the canoe alone. Like there's the water underneath the canoe. There's the wind at our back. Sometimes we feel that wind more than others. Um, sometimes it rains and it pours and we curse like, am, am I alone in this boat out here? You know, but uh, then here comes the sunshine. You know, we, there's this moment of, of luffing sails or stillness, you know, there's, there's not a lot of movement. And then here comes the wind at our back. And these are the seasons of life. Um, and they're just saying, beware the expectations that we throw in the face of life. Their words, not mine. Um, in other words, looking at, there's an invitation to look at, uh, where our expectations are getting in the way. We're so sure we know what we want or what's the right path forward for us, or we'll feel better when, but they're just saying, do you, you know, we think we do, but if we can get comfortable in the boat and, you know, let go of some of our fear of being thrown out by the turbulent seas and beneath us, um, we can ride out a lot of these storms for ourselves mm. without quite so much, um, <laughs> cursing they said <laughs> <laughs> because the boat's going to carry you either way so the cursing is creating a lot of uh charged energy within your system when you can really just be enjoying the sail whatever that day is bringing you whatever that season is bringing you right they're, they're like if you're going to spend your life in a boat like it's going to involve some weather you know but you can curse and scream at the lightning and the thunder, or you can acknowledge the ocean of support beneath your boat at all times. And the, um, the way in which you're being fed and nourished by even the, the turbulence, you know, and this is coming back to what they talked about at the beginning, finding the flow in the chaos, you know, there is that, that ocean is still flowing. It's still moving you some release happening here, whether you are conscious of it or not, whether you're busy screaming at the clouds or you're continuing to just calmly keep your oars in the water hmm. and wait out the lightning where you need to, you know? So as you turn to 2024, I have a lot of curiosity about what you feel most excited about. I can imagine that in your line of work, especially with the last theme you mentioned, that more and more people are willing and open to look beyond what they've always known their life to be or, or their own limited understanding and sort of open themselves up. And I certainly have felt this from friends and family that there's there are more conversations I'm having than ever before where people are, are like, pull a tarot card for me, for instance, was a conversation I had yesterday. Um, I'm curious in your line of work, what you feel most hopeful and optimistic for in 2024. I would echo what you're seeing. I absolutely have more and more people coming and saying, I'm ready. To, they just said to put my oars in the water. <laughs> and, you know, um, sometimes I have to remember if someone comes to me and they're not ready to put their oars in the water, like I, we're meeting at a different place. And that's just as valuable because we're picking up again, these, these things all the way along, but I just get excited about more and more people, um, willing to get together in the boat, you know, to join together, to have the conversations, to, um, say this is hard, but, um, it's worthwhile, like just an increasing commitment to seeing things from a higher perspective, to acknowledging what's here beyond the physical world. And um, I get more and more people who you would not think, you know, that would be on board <laughs> who really are and are curious and interested. It's like, you know, the, the, 
the consciousness is changing within our culture and it's opening up. And I just see more and more boats and more and more people, you know, rowing and being carried forward, looking forward to um, how they can expand and open up in their lives, how they can be the light for others. Um, that requires acknowledging our own patterns, our own, our own stuckness, our own places of shadow or lack of awareness and being willing to um, do the work to move ourselves forward. But I see more and more people doing it. Um, let's see what else I can share. The guides around this going forward. Um, they're showing a rope that is worn in the middle. It's like um, frayed in the middle. You can see where the outside has come off and you see the, like the stretchy part on the inside, the elastic or the rubber. So they're just talking about, you know, these times that feel so trying and where people feel so frayed. It's really, they're reminding us that it's the out, outer layer that's frayed. It's the personality, it's the body mind, it's like the programming that says, I'm worn out, you know, I'm tired, I can't do this anymore. But within that, like once that pops open, at a certain point, it reveals this stretchy uh, cording within, which is flexible, which is strong, which can bend and move with all of these changes and adapt and um see and then they're just showing a whole rubber ball a ball of rubber bands of those insides of those ropes um coming together here let me understand this please uh, <laughs> and now they're bouncing that ball and back to the bouncy ball uh they they love a, they love you know <laughs> full circle moment <laughs> and i do too um so they're showing that bouncy ball and like that ball represents the the strength and the flexibility and the resilience of all of us that we're together in this it's all those bands banding together and so we're still going up and we're still going down but we're doing it together with resilience and see and strength and uh, they're saying, you know, you can throw that ball like against the wall and it, it's, it still comes back. You know, it has this ability to um, weather lots of storms and withstand lots of change. Um, and they're saying, and that's where we're all really headed. So the old programs and patterns are very brittle. Like we can't handle change very well, whether it's someone like, someone's stepping on our toes, you know, that feels like a threat to the ego or a change in plans or, um, you know, any sort of like a, a major upheaval, all of those things feel like threats in the, from an old perspective, the old guard, um, and an old consciousness, but in this new emerging and emergent consciousness, there's uh, a resiliency of flexibility and a willingness to embrace change for the opportunity that it is. Beautiful. It's very interesting. I, I'm seeing Taylor Swift, <laughs> which I feel like was a big part of 2023 consciousness. And I watched her eras tour and watched all the different, you know, uh, eras. And she's not embarrassed about any of the songs that she's ever written. She owns them. And her story is actually one of resiliency and taking the experiences that happen, quote unquote, to her and, and actually using them as fodder and fuel for what she creates from them. You're, you're nodding. I know you have a, a, a younger daughter. She's in high school or college now. So <laughs> we watched the Ares tour as soon as she came home from college this week. <laughs> and I've had um, like Taylor Swift songs in my head all morning, of course, and been thinking the same thing, you know, how we, how, the, the story of her and how she's an incredible model of that. Also how, um, you know, like what she did with, you know, the criticisms, the critiques, how she shook it off, how she used it, as you're saying, as empowerment and look at her now, you know? So yes, I think that she is ushering in a, a wave of that energy as well. And what a beautiful um, example for all of us of resiliency and light and hope. Beautiful. Also so fun. <laughs> fun, yes, and glitter and sparkle and joy and confidence and 
femininity and uh, dance party and sleepover energy. It's just, it's so great because it doesn't have to be wrapped up in a very serious, we have our oar in the water and we're rowing very seriously. Like it's a blast. It can be so much fun. Absolutely. And I, I thought you did a beautiful job in so many ways of bringing together, you know, I mean, you looked at the diversity in her like entourage and, and diversity of her music and, you know, that she's just showing the ways that we can all come together in the same spirit to um, bring this message of like, we can do it our way, you know, and we can do it a new way. And uh, she's catalyzing, you know, people of all ages, but especially a younger contingent in that way, empowering them. Love. So if I were to summarize these themes and we'll see if your guides have anything else, but what I heard so strongly is the question, are you really stuck? Mm -hmm. Are you ever really stuck? Mm -hmm. And the light within how much exists within you and the resiliency and the bouncing ball that the ball always bounces back, like the, the bounce back, um, that one can access. Yeah. I think those are well articulated and. Uh, hopefully giving us a lot of reason to um, look at our challenges in a new light, to uh, embrace them and to share them with others so that we know that we're in it together um, and supported, you know, in so many ways from the unseen world as well in in this process. I, I had a fun, a fun moment. I'll say like the, um, yesterday reading for a woman who, um, was looking at a move. And this is, this is a great example maybe to end on because she had, this is talking about the directions we take in life. And she had, um, made a choice to move East when she'd been living in California for years and she got here and at first it was great. And then she had a very stuck situation with uh, real estate with being tied into a house and a big deposit on a house and then finding out information that um, where there, there was, there was uh, new information that was going to change like what could happen around this house around this lot that they were buying and that they might not be so excited about lots of development. And so she, we were looking at each other and it was just so clear that she, she was actually deciding to move back to California. And she was worried about the embarrassment, you know, of the, what would her family think they should move closer to them? Would it disappoint them? There was guilt. There was, does this look silly leaving money on the table? Like all of those things and um so we were tra- walk- walking her talking through it and working through it and then i said um i'm just hearing that there's so much support here for you from your team i mean they're i can feel them here around you right this minute and i just got an image of root beer and i had just been asking spirit to give me some things that where i would have to trust and it, i wouldn't make it all sense to me and so i wouldn't want to say it cuz my logical mind like my, my human self would not want to feel like i was falling on my face you know and be embarrassed and so here comes this root beer and that's all i get is like i just see root beer and i know that there's huge support for you in this move back to california i said can you understand this and she started crying and she said i sure can she said i said what's your association with root beer and she said i had a dear um, neighbor who used to stay with us when we were young, used to come stay when my parents went out of town and we would all sleep in my parents' waterbed together. And she would introduce us to root beer floats. She said, we're going to make root beer floats. And she used to always say to me, I, I know that you're going to move to California one day and it's going to be wonderful. Mm. And so here came this, you know, just an image of root beer. Like she understood all of that, that this was this wonderful neighbor in spirit, older woman who had transitioned to spirit years before coming to say, I'm with you and we can let all of that go because this is what your heart is in your heart. And I'm here to validate it for you. So it's just a beautiful, simple, small example of, you know, the tangible support we're always receiving and how we're not in this boat alone, you know? So that right there is reason for a lot of hope and a lot of peace. So, so beautiful. 
Betsy, thank you for sharing the experiences that you've had with clients. Thank you for continuing to row your own boat wherever it continues to take you. Thank you for being a model of this, that you're in the boat rowing while you're also uh, sharing a light. I see you like holding up a little lantern for the other boats that are just starting to get into the water. Like, it's crazy, but it's great. <laughs> Come on in. Um, so thank you. I am very grateful to know you. And I know that this conversation will be really inspiring and healing for those who find it. I hope so. Thank you so much, Nadia. It's always just a total joy to connect with you and your listeners. Yay. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas.